Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of A Better Way podcast. I have Danielle with me as well as a special guest, Megan Van Meter. She is a certified Martha Beck life coach. She's also the founder of The Stress-Free Mama. That is a company that is on a mission to help you love your unique journey to motherhood. So through courses and coaching, Megan helps women navigate the challenges that they experience in trying to conceive or becoming pregnant, um, being pregnant, and then becoming a new mom. And she uses a three-step process that focuses on mind, body, and spirit to stop the stress and really be able to start enjoying your unique journey. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today because she's actually someone that I've worked with in my business. um, And I've gotten to see firsthand impact that she's having. So welcome, Megan. Thank you so much, Courtney. Such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. And one thing that I should mention for our listeners is that in addition to her business, um, The Stress-Free Mama, she also actually runs a bar three studio that is opening up very soon in California, but she's also a mom to uh, her daughter, Milo. Um, Remind me, Milo is six six months. months? Yep. Mm -hmm. She's two months behind Brian. Um, So you have experienced a lot of different things, which we're going to talk about all of them today, but I think they're all things that our audience can really relate to. But first, I think we want to start out and talk a little bit about your journey to um, one, getting the nudge to start this business and then how you've actually brought it to fruition while also at the same time having your first baby. Um, Because I know that you started out in the corporate world and you've made the transition from nine to five to entrepreneur. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey and what it looked like for you? Absolutely. I'm in Silicon Valley. So having experience working with different tech startups, big companies, small companies, and what I found was I just felt like there was a piece of me that was missing and I couldn't put my finger on it or what I was meant to do, but my internal compass was feeling a little lost. And one day I read an Oprah magazine and I found an article by Martha Beck. I was so drawn to the article, I checked out her website and discovered life coaching. And that was probably seven years ago. And that internal compass was telling me, ooh, that's interesting. Go that route, go that route. And it was almost like I was waiting for someone to give me permission to pursue coaching because it was an expensive certification process and it went against the nine to five. So I sat on it for probably six months. And then I just pulled the trigger and I said, you know what? My heart literally is pounding out of my chest with joy about life coaching. I don't know where this is going to take me, but I have to honor it. So I pursued it and while simultaneously working. And then it got to the point where I felt like I wasn't fitting in at these companies. I know, I knew I had so much to offer and it wasn't resonating 
Um, for example, I love wellness and work-life balance. Well, in Silicon Valley, there's no such thing as work-life balance. <laughs> right. So I was at odds. And thank, thanks to the support of my husband, he said, Megan, I want you to be happy. And I think you should pursue this. And so I quit. And I was able to pursue coaching simultaneously at the Bar 3 studio. And it requires such a leap of faith because you have to believe in your ability to go from something secure to start from ground zero and really build slowly, slowly, slowly. So I felt like I had the support and confidence to do that. And um, it takes a while to build, but the second I quit, I knew, okay, this is going to be a journey, but everything in my being knew it was the right decision. So launching the bar three studio during COVID and everything got put on pause. I was having this friction feeling like, okay, I want to start a family, but I feel like I'm at the mercy of my bar three studio and which was put on pause for a year and a half. So my internal compass, again, I got this urge and it told me, Megan, now's the right time to start a family. And I literally woke up one morning and I looked at my husband. And I said, okay, Matt, today's the day. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, today's the day. We're going to, we're going to try to have a family. And, um, I can't explain it other than this epiphany. And it was at that point, I had taken so much stress out from the corporate world and was pursuing my passions and had this realization of just surrender and everything's going to work out. So we decided to start our family. And through that journey, I saw how much stressful information there is online about trying to get pregnant. And once you're pregnant, how to maintain a healthy pregnancy. And you're constantly being bombarded, bombarded with services to help you get pregnant. Or if you feel the symptom, you're going to miscarry. And I realized, wow, so many women are stressed. They're stressed in the modern world we lived in. We live in, and, and it's hard to get pregnant or they're pregnant and they're stressing about every symptom. And postpartum is so insane. Um, so through my journey, I just realized, wow, this is where I can really put my coaching skills to use. It's helping women navigate through this modern world and motherhood while simultaneously doing the bar studio, which is now opening. My daughter is now six months old. So the timing really worked out. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, so something I, well, first I want to ask Danielle, how familiar does this journey sound? Um, like getting that nudge, looking at a course, looking at the dollar amount reading for someone to give you permission. I feel like Danielle and I have had a lot of conversations about this back and forth. And then once you take that first leap of faith, it gets a little easier every time thereafter. But I think what you talked about it being a journey. Yes, it is. You need to have a lot of faith and you kind of just need to push yourself off that edge. But I have to say, even though it is a journey, I feel like it is the most rewarding journey. It is the most difficult, but also most rewarding journey. Um, so I can resonate with a lot of what you're saying that has kind of pulled you along to be. Um, Danielle, I don't know if you have anything to share. Yeah, I mean, similar to you, I sort of went in like a complete different uh, different direction than what I was doing. Right. Like I, my background is in software sales and I probably, we probably work for some of the same companies and, um, and I just saw health coaching and was like, no, like 
I was in that postpartum period. I was feeling how hard it was to stay healthy. And I just felt super pulled. I was like, no, like I need to be, I need to take this course. I don't know. In my mind, I was like, it might just help me and my family and I'll never use it. But I don't know. Like, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And similar to you, like going through a journey for me, it was more like going through the journey of feeding my child, which was a really stressful part of becoming a new mom for me. I, that's where I became passionate. And that's where I said, no, like I want to help other moms who are struggling with the same, the same types of things that I am struggling with. Um, or, you know, no longer struggle with, but, um, but did for so long caused me so much stress. So yeah, it's, I think there's like a part of you when you become a mom that you feel really compelled to help other moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Your brain changes one yeah. and, and two, you realize what's important because your child is you're the most important thing. And it just kind of puts everything off to the peripheral. And that's when you realize, oh, this corporate job actually is not that important to me or what's inside my heart is. How can I give back? How can I be the best mother? How can I give back to other moms? And I think it's a combo of those things. Yeah. I think too, once you have a kid um, or even thinking about having a child, you start to think about what you're modeling for them. And you're like, wow, if I'm stressed out and I can't wake up every day and be excited and energized about what I'm doing, how is that reflecting on them? But I want to actually dig into something that you mentioned, because this is a theme that's coming up in a lot of different areas. It's something that I'm personally very interested in, but you talked about getting that like tug or that pull. And I think it's really relevant because you tie this into the work that you do with moms and their journey to motherhood. But something that um, I have found is that I don't always realize when that pull is happening because the world is so stressful and we're so caught up in our day-to-day and the corporate world or your traditional nine to five. And maybe you are already a mom and you have family responsibilities that um, that pull is dulled or we've learned to suppress it in some way. And something that I think is really interesting is um, a woman, uh, um, amazing woman, Deanna Mason, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, she is a rest consultant. And I was chatting with her last week and she has this quiz about like the different types of rest you need. And one was sensory rest. And I went ahead and I took the quiz and it was talking about like how much you enjoy um, certain smells or foods. And I realized like I wasn't actually tasting food or smelling candles or smelling flowers in the way I used to. And my senses were dulled because everything within me was dulled because I was so busy and just going on to the next thing. And so I've, I've spent the last week trying to peel back the layers and like sense things again, emotions, mental sensations, um, physical sensations, sensory. And I feel like of all the people I know, you have done a great job connecting with that yourself. And that's so core to the work you do and the journey you've been on. Can you talk a little bit about how you learned to awaken to that again and how that's kind of led you through your journey? Absolutely. And what you said is so spot on. We learned to suppress 
that part of ourselves. But the exercise you just walked us through is so beautiful because it's in those little moments of smelling a flower or a candle that pulls you back into the moment where you can connect and understand where you are. And that's the beauty of our kids too. Our babies, our children keep us in the moment. And when we're feeling stressed, it's a good reminder. Oh, I'm feeling stressed. I'm out of the moment. My child is sitting here giggling at me. This is an opportunity to remind myself I can connect with my baby in the moment. And this is just what I need. And so that's another really simple practice, but the pull Sometimes the pull is undeniable. And I think the best way to describe it is, can you remember a moment in your life when you followed your intuition and everything ended up working out? Or can you remember a moment in your life when you went against your intuition and that little voice that said, maybe not, and things didn't go to plan. And when you really do this work and your intuition, by the way, is not the loud yappy head voice, AKA our ego. It's that soft and subtle voice that's deep within. And it's always been there and it's always there. We just have to take a breath and listen for it. But when you do this reflection, you'll find that your intuition has never steered you in the wrong way and your head has. So when you feel that pull, a lot of times it doesn't make sense. Like I want to quit my job today. So that logical side of your brain is like, heck no, you need money and you have a family and what are you going to do? And what do you mean? But your heart has something bigger in store for you. And so when you sense that pull, it's really just having courage to take that leap of faith, knowing that you're going to land somewhere greater. And Courtney, when you said earlier, it feels so fulfilling to follow that pull, it's because you're showing up as who you are authentically and you're not hiding yourself anymore. You're honoring you. It's not a one size fits all path like corporate world. You are letting your creative light shine and that does the world such a service. And when you do that, like what you said earlier too about modeling to your children, the more you honor your intuition in that pull, you teach your children how to do the same and it creates confidence and wholeness and awareness and who they are. So it's so important to do that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I don't know about you, Courtney, but I feel like I'm in a therapy session. I'm like <laughs> hanging on your every word. That's what yes. I know. I, I need you. to do that. <laughs> well, and it's so funny because, <clears throat> and, and I want to get into, I want to circle back to what I'm about to say, but I think for me, it was like, and, and Courtney, right. We'd followed this path, right? Like we went to college, we went to grad school, we got corporate jobs, we climbed the corporate ladder. We got to the point where we were making six figures plus, right? And it's like, how do you walk away from that? Like my company literally pays for my cell phone, for my health insurance, for my, like they pay for everything. Like, how do I just leave this job? And so Um, if you've listened to our podcast or, or if I haven't, you know, said this already, like I'm still in my corporate job because I'm like, I can't let go. (laughs) And, um, and I mean, part of it is just the logistics. It's like, okay, well, if I don't, if I do leave my job, like, how am I going to replace that salary? And like, 
how much do I need to replace in order for us to be, to keep like the ship floating. Right. And I'd love for you to speak to that because I think it's one thing to say, just leave. Like, you know, like if the small voice is telling you like the soft, subtle voice is like, leave. It's like, yeah, that's great. And like, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go back to my job after maternity leave, but like, you know, of course the, the logical people in my life were like, okay, but then what, (laughs) you know, and I didn't really have an answer. And so talk to us about that. Talk to us about like the brass tacks of this. Like, how did you make that work? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true and relevant and such a consideration. I think the first thing to remember is that by staying in your job and working up the corporate ladder, what you're really after is a feeling state. So feelings of security, feeling like maybe more at peace because you have income coming in. Of course, with that might come some stress and other emotions if you are doing something that is in alignment with what you want to do. But you're really chasing this like security and peace of ease, right? So you have to ask yourself, okay, how can I feel secure and peaceful in my life outside of this job? So you're attaching security to money and you want to find ways to feel secure in other areas, That's step one. So how can you already embody that feeling instead of putting all of your eggs in this basket? Now, what's interesting is people who are addicted to drugs are very scrappy and their drugs can cost up to like $100,000 a year. So when you are pushed to assert your creativeness, you figure it out. And what I also recognize a lot with clients, because money is always an issue, is you can do a lot less with what you have and you can make it work. So we're really, I, I, I had one client who would not quit her job. She had a certain lifestyle that she wanted to maintain. And when we really boiled it down, the lifestyle she was maintaining was there to make up for the lack she was feeling in her job. Um, purpose, self-worth, stress, all of the, these things that she was feeling in her work, she was spending money on to compensate. And so when you look at areas like that, it's really interesting to see, oh, if I follow my truth, if I feel more secure in my life, maybe I don't need all of these finances, or maybe I'll find another way. Now you have bills to pay and a home, of course. So you can get really creative with that. What does it look like on one income. Are you married, Danielle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what does that look like? Maybe short-term what's a timeline. Um, how can you love health coaching? Like how can you really step that up or what's something that you haven't thought about before? The hard part is, is when you have a full-time job, it's like your brain is on this track. And I even find when you have a full-time job and you're interviewing for another job, it's always in the same path. Mm-hmm. When you strip all of that away, it's almost like you have a blank canvas and that's when epiphanies arrive because you've given yourself time and space. If you don't have time or space, how will you creatively come up with what is next and meant for you? Mm-hmm. So I know what you're saying and there's always another way. And that way comes when you give your entire being space to let it evolve and surface. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to add one other thing that my husband tells me all the time. And actually a therapist that I saw kind of started this analogy. My husband always reminds me, it's like, life is just built out of bridges. And so what you're describing, Megan, means you can leave your corporate job and find a bridge that takes you to a different island that then takes another bridge to a different island. Like it's since everything literally is a journey. And that's something that I've been realizing since making that leap is there's no final destination. It's all a journey is that if you needed to, you could get a part-time job to have some income, but that's still going to free up your time and your stress and your mental space to dabble or explore something else. And that seems oversimplified because it actually is. But I think so often there are societal expectations or expectations of loved ones that prevent us from thinking that that's a viable option when actually usually the simplest answer is, or the easiest answer is the right answer. The simplest is the right. And I'm not saying there's right or wrong, but so often we have these preconceived notions that something won't work, but we haven't actually tried it before. And that is something I've learned. And I'm realizing that that's a mental limitation that I've put on myself, not an actual like implementable limitation. If that's is implementable yeah. limitation a word, I don't think so, but you guys know what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. It's a made up problem. <laughs> because usually the path, the solution you're trying to find is okay. So what's next on the corporate ladder? It's the path you've always known when you're so in this fast paced world. So stuck on it, moving, moving up this ladder, it's hard to see that there's an entire other world around you. And so coming back to, like we talked about earlier, finding quiet moments to smell the flowers, Mm -hmm. to come back into your femininity, we're in our masculine side of our brain constantly in this world. When we come back to presence, we realize, oh my gosh, I can do anything. You can do anything. And yes, it's not, does not fit within these cultural ideals, but it's when you let go of that, shed that trust in yourself, find security in yourself find that confidence that these other ideas start to spin. And that's when really awesome things blossom that are totally against the grain. And it's usually those ideas that make it. Yeah. So quite, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Danielle. Did you have, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was just going to laugh that like, I feel like these, these podcast episodes turn into coaching calls. Sometimes uh, we had one, la- our last episode, I coached Courtney. Cause she was talking yeah. about uh, a issue she was having in her business. And so I feel like this is so I'm like, yes, yes. We were joking at the end of the last episode. Like if anybody wants to come on and be coached by us, or if someone wants to come on and coach us, they're welcome to. And then look at, we have, we had Megan lined up and now she's going to coach us. <laughs> she's going to coach me out of my job. <laughs> I always hope style. that like my job never finds this and like listens to it. Poor people. <laughs> They're wonderful. There's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with well, my, anyone. Do, yeah. If they do, it could just be the sign. Yeah. That you know, Megan, I thought I'd get fired last year, like through COVID, you know, and, and I didn't. <laughs> it's like, wow. yeah, like, unfortunately. And Let I was like, huh. Let me ask you this, Danielle, the thought of, I might get fired. How did that feel in your body? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's your answer. So, um, Megan, I want to talk a little bit about like, so you had gone through this journey to leave your nine to five, you found coaching 
And now I feel like you're applying a lot of the, the um, process you just talked us through to how you help women today. So you do coaching and courses that help women that are struggling um, to either conceive or enjoy their journey as a pregnant mom or um, postpartum. And I think that that's relevant because when I remember, I think it's very much tied to the leaving of the corporate job because when I first started trying to conceive with Declan, it took us a little over a year and it wasn't until I left my corporate job. And then two months later, I got pregnant like right away without even knowing. And then I was undergoing a lot of stress due to a health issue um, in the year and a half leading up to trying to conceive Brian. And then literally a rheumatologist was like, yep, yeah, you can start to try to conceive now, like whatever. And then it happened right away. Like as soon as I got that permission and the stress kind of lifted. And so I've seen the effects that stress have had on me. I know you've experienced personally. I know Danielle's experienced it and a lot of other moms we have. So what do you think is the connection between, do you feel that there's a strong connection between the women you work with and the stress in their work life? Or is it just stress in life in general? Do you see a correlation specifically? That's a great question. It's both. And stress doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter where it comes from, whether it's personal, business, your home, finances, and because the effects all, it does the same thing and it blocks your reproductive system parts from talking to each other, basically. I mean, when you're stressed, everything goes to your limbs and your internal organs are put on pause. If you're stressed, your body doesn't know if it's a lion chasing you or if you're just stressed thinking about an interview coming up. But what your body does know is that it's not a good time to conceive if you're stressed. So it doesn't matter where the stress comes from. Mm -hmm. And then what are some of those kind of, can you talk us a little bit about your process? Cause I wanted to ask about the beliefs or what's holding some of these women back and that you work through with them, but it's not just mental. You also work with them on like body and spirit. So can you talk a little bit about your three-part process and how that manifests in someone working through their challenges, no matter what stage they're at? Absolutely. So I truly believe that total transformation starts with the mindset. Then step two is connecting to your intuition. And step three is living from this place of empowerment based on what you learn about your mindset and intuition. So some of the mental roadblocks I uncover with women are if they're in the, if they're in a corporate job, one, how can I possibly be a mom and work at the same time? If they're trying to get pregnant, a lot of women are afraid that they're too old because we've been told by our culture that 35 is you're too old to have a child. And so there's a lot of stress racing against the biological clock. Or if you've been trying to conceive for a couple of months, there are some thoughts or years, thoughts that my body isn't doing what it's supposed to do. My body doesn't work. Why is this happening to me? So stress comes from any thought that creates angst or friction in your body is releasing stress chemicals. So it's really important to uncover what is it that's causing you to feel uncomfortable or stressed about anything. Once you uncover those thoughts, oh, I have this thought that I'm too old. You question it. Is that true? No, it's not. I still get my period. My, I'm totally healthy. There's nothing wrong. And so you debunk all of those through certain frameworks. 
And then you get clients to realizing, oh, I am actually not my thoughts. I am not my stress. I believe a different story. Ah, Then you start to rebalance your body. And when you do that, you also create more space between your ego. So this is, again, going back to what we're talking about, creating more space for presence. So when you get out of your head, you can tune into your body. Why is that important? Well, being able to identify that intuitive pull, for example, like we've been talking about. Also acknowledging that a lot of stress and trauma gets stored in the womb and it's really important to clear that. It's important to work with your body. What is your body telling you at any given moment? This is really important because let's say you're trying to get pregnant and you have like six solutions and services being thrown at you. Which one is right for you? Is it IVF? Is it cutting out coffee? Is it maybe trying next month? How are you supposed to figure that out? your body's going to tell you. And all you need to do is ask. And the more you practice and tune in, you will get the response that is right for you. A lot of women stress out about, can I have this glass of wine? I'm trying to get pregnant. And when we do the work, some women can, and for some women, it doesn't work for them. But tuning into your intuition is going to help you feel a little more in control and guided in these scenarios that can feel out of your control because motherhood, I mean, it's hard to control motherhood, but you can be really diligent about your path. And then the third step is when you're out of your head and more into your body and you get more connected to your intuition, you start to make proactive changes in your life to create a life that is in alignment with who you are. For example, if you're stressed about, oh, I can't become a mom until because I have this job and you realize, oh, this job isn't right for me. Well, when your intuition is loud and clear about that, what are you going to do? What are you going to give power to? And it can be really hard to take those steps and to live a life from empowerment. It takes a lot of courage because you are going to change things around you and people around you aren't going to like it. People around you like you, the version you are. And sometimes when we change, it creates a little bit of friction. But through that, I like to say ring of fire is destiny, empowerment. It's really being in control of your life. Mm -hmm. And those three things are very powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about like, it so applies to the work that you do specifically with moms and their motherhood journey. But I feel like I would use those tools just in my everyday, like right now I'm navigating like some growth in my business, but it's requiring decisions and it's requiring me to pick directions. And there's a logical side and then there's a like inner knowing side. And I'm trying to lean into what that inner knowing is. So you had mentioned like, just ask, just ask your intuition. How would you ask your intuition? Like, what would, what would you do? Okay, is it one of my still, is it an actual like ritual or process that you go through? One of my favorite exercises, it's such a great question is sit down in a chair. Okay. So what's the question you're asking yourself, Courtney? Um, my question is to grow my business. Um, I guess the question is to start to grow a small team to support the agency model of my business. It's my okay. business do I start a small team? So you sit in a chair and you ask this question and the response is going to come from that really noisy, loud voice, your ego. Then you sit in another chair just to create some space. And for you to really understand that you're speaking to do two different parts of yourself, 
you sit in another chair and then you quietly hear what the head had to say and then you close your eyes. Okay, what's the subtle response to that? What does my heart have to say to that? And then you go back and forth between these two chairs, having a conversation between your head and your heart. And you go back and forth until there's a natural ending. And that natural ending is going to be very, very insightful. And um, by creating that space for someone who isn't used to tuning into their heart or their intuition, it just helps them realize there are different parts of me and I'm used to listening to this one, but let's give this other one a little bit of, again, space to arise and see what comes from the subtler part of me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm just visualizing myself walking between two chairs and Declan being like, what are we doing, mom? Can I <laughs> I mean, you could do it in your head too, but the uh, yeah. chairs just oh, really. But I yeah. like the idea of space because it is true. It's hard to separate you know, get out of your head to, to do those types of things. Um, Danielle, was I cutting you off? It looked like you were about to say something. But... No, 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 no. I think, no, I'm just picturing myself doing that. Um, yeah, I, I, li- I like that visual. Um, I feel like I'm going to do that for a couple of things that I'm, I've been perseverating on for a while. Let, so, let me you know, know how it goes for you. Have yeah. you used this similar process that you use to coach women through their motherhood journey? Is this what you use in your everyday life too, when you're facing challenges or is there something specific about what you do in the work that you do with these women that is primarily for trying to conceive or, um, for enjoying their motherhood journey? Like, what do I do personally? Yeah. The question So of course I feel stress and especially starting this fitness studio in this climate of the world. And what I do for myself when I'm feeling stressed, I stop, I take a breath and I say to myself, oh, I'm imagining one out of a million outcomes. Okay. May you always be healthy. May you always be happy. May you always be safe. And I say this to my daughter. I mean, the mom fears are kind of out of control, right? (laughs) About your child's health and safety. And so when my brain goes to a scary place, I just come back in this moment. I am, I'm okay. And, and then I say a prayer or blessing for, may I always be happy and healthy and may things always be steered by the light. And just doing that for like 20 seconds helps put those fears put them away and helps me kind of keep moving forward and not being fearful, but being fearless with decisions I have to make. Yeah. I love it. So how has that process, you mentioned your daughter, how has your experience building a business, multiple businesses, I should say, between your work with the stress-free mama and then the bar three studio, how has that been affected? And I I don't want to say been affected, but maybe been enriched or been enlightened by having a child because you had Milo literally in the midst of not only the pandemic, but building both businesses. What was that like? And what have you learned from it? I am such a go, go, go doer, doer, doer. Obviously having a baby cuts your time. You have like 10% time for yourself. And I haven't had help up to this point. I've had a little bit of help over the last few weeks. I realized that the most important things get done. 
And even if things are on your to-do list, they don't all need to get done today. And really how to prioritize the most important things. And having grace. So for example, the fitness studio has really picked up in the last couple of weeks. I haven't posted on Instagram on my coaching business for a week and a half or something. That's okay. Thing people aren't going to unfollow me and not like me. And it's the world isn't going to end. So remembering that I can give myself grace, that things will be there when you come back to them. But the biggest lesson, and for someone like me who feels like I can do it all, is learning the art of delegating and how to mentor and hand things off has been so critical and such a big lesson for me and the best one. Yes, I love that. It's interesting. I had a conversation with a business coach earlier today and we had the exact conversation about delegating. And it's interesting for me to hear you say that. So um, I know Megan because her and I worked together and I supported her with some things in her marketing for her business. And when she says she is a like a doer and like a go-getter, I don't know how she did this with an infant. Like she would like write a whole course and record it like over a weekend and be like, okay, it's done. It's ready for review. And I was like, where did you find the time? Like you are like that to the nth degree, which is totally amazing. And I can't believe how much you've accomplished, but what does that look like delegating? Is it to your husband? Is it to friends? Is it to staff? Is it What is it that makes your house and your business run and who do you delegate to? Yeah. um, So the home, I mean, my husband has really stepped up and we just have a great synergy and being able to get work done myself. I would do it strolling my daughter. Okay. I know she's going to nap in the stroller on my phone. And so multitasking in that way while also being present with her when she's awake. So I feel like it didn't, take away from time with her. But then on the business front, so I have a marketing background, but I'm not a web expert. I'm not a blogging expert. I'm not a strategy expert. That's where you come in. <laughs> um, I can I can do them all kind of okay, but I wanted to find people that would really accelerate it because I want it to work and I don't want to keep dragging my feet. So finding really amazing people like yourself, Courtney, was everything I needed and, um, having trust in putting budgets out there and having trust in what I was offering. It's scary to get everything lined up because you have to have a lot of things in place, Mm -hmm. but once you do, then everything starts to unfold really beautifully and people find you and, but doing that work up front and it's just putting trust in people. I had so much trust in you. I know you're an expert in what you do. You tell me, let's do it the web designer. Okay. I totally trust you. I like this color. Let's go with that. You do the rest. And it's just trust finding good people and letting them shine because we all do better when our shackles are off and we're not in this box. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you very much for your kind words, but I'm so happy that we've kind of talked a little bit about this because, you know, I feel like we talk about like outsourcing a lot on this podcast, but we haven't really talk to someone who I know like in real life has hired experts across multiple fields to help them build their business. So many people start out thinking that they'll do it all. And then when they reach a certain financial point, they will then outsource it. But I feel like you took a different approach and it did like you had your business and I mean, you were doing a lot of this coaching before, but what I'm going to call your business presence. So your website, your social 
presence, um, email sequences, your courses, uh, you know, PR, by leaning into other people, you, one, limited the stress that you had, you accelerated the growth of your business. Um, and I also feel like, you know, it's allowed you to make connections and mentor other people. Like I think of you as a mentor in the way that there's so many lessons that you talk about that are not only applicable to your clients, but they're applicable to me. And I was just a partner working with you on these things. And so it's so nice to see this as a really successful story of how you can do that and how trusting in other people comes back to you tenfold. Because I think when people are starting out in business, they feel like they have to have already made it. They have to do it all themselves. And that's the biggest lie I think I ever let myself believe is that everyone I talked to who has been successful did not do it themselves and they didn't know everything and that you need to be okay with that. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. so true. And, and as a mom specifically, your time is limited. So if you have two hours, you have to ask yourself, what are, what is the most important thing I need to accomplish today? For me, that's coaching someone. Okay. If I'm going to coach someone, I can't do the rest. And that, and Courtney, that might help you make your decision. What's the most important thing that you personally need to get done in your business? Mm-hmm. And do you have time for the rest? Probably not. Yeah. 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 I also heard the concept um, this past week of the drop the ball list. And it's this idea that like, where you talk about giving yourself grace, like, and it's a drop the ball kind of has a negative connotation. So I don't know that I love like the sentiment there, but it's the, it's the same. It's the idea of what you described, which is like, I'm really busy with bar three. And so I dropped the ball on social media and that's okay. Like that is totally fine. And so like looking at your to-do list and not only saying what can get done another day, but also saying like, what can I drop the ball on right now? And I love that this, this, I heard about this in a newsletter that came from a a hospital. So I used to be in nonprofit development before I was in sales. And I I still get this newsletter for whatever reason. The most major hospital in Boston, um, she's the director of development and recruitment or whatever, you know, recruits all the development for all the development jobs. And she talked about it. And she said that she decided not to do a July newsletter and she just allowed herself to drop the ball on it. And that's in like a super corporate environment. And so if they can do it, like we can do this for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like we only answer to ourselves. So we need to drop the ball on some things and be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because imagine if you're holding the ball, if it's 10 pounds, and you're holding it, trying to do everything, but ah, oh, let it go. Freedom. Yeah. Movement, like, so I love that. Love that example. Yeah, I do too. That's gonna, that's a really good one. I actually did drop the ball on something and I'm afraid to admit it on here, but we were supposed to have a podcast episode launched today and I just did not have the steam to push through last night. Daniel, I don't know if you noticed, but I was going to text you and then I was like, yeah, it's okay. I noticed, but you know what? I don't think any of our listeners are like waiting at their Apple podcast app to make sure that they listen to the latest episode of A Better Way. In case there is anybody, it's probably Kristen, our mutual friend. (laughs) She's probably the only one who noticed. 
on iTunes. But for any listeners that did, if you're loyal, then we love you and just send us a message on Instagram because we want to connect if you're- And we dropped the ball and we're okay with it. We dropped the ball. Um, But Megan, one other question I want to ask you um, during our time together is we, as part of our podcast name, A Better Way, this all started because as Danielle was saying, like we thought we were doing everything right in terms of um, going to school, getting good jobs, getting our MBAs, um, living what we thought was, you know, the American dream life per se. And we found that it was unfulfilling and we thought there has to be a better way. And so we have since been on our journey as entrepreneurs and as moms, and we still find ourselves muttering, like there's gotta be a better way. And we found that through sharing with other people, there is. The more we share our experiences, the more we talk and open up about our challenges, the more that we can find a better way together. So we like to ask all of our guests, um, if there was one, you know, a better way that you could share with fellow mompreneurs, what would it be and why? Maybe it's delegation, but if there's anything else that's on your heart, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to share. Hmm. Um. Just, I, I think coming back to knowing that you are exactly where you need to be in this moment and to love this moment and it's here for you and to not miss it. So working up the corporate ladder, trying to problem solve really takes us out of life. And I think when you can ask yourself, so what is this? What am I looking for? How can I feel this already? And start to embody everything it is that you are looking to feel. Your life will feel like a better way every day. So cheesy, Um, but it's true. It's true. So I think a better way is really just tuning into that intuition and being okay with exactly where you are in every given moment, because then no matter what happens, it's not going to like throw you off course. Mm I love that. That's good advice. Very good advice. So if anyone's listening and they want to find you, where should they go to connect with you? My website is thestressfreemama.com on Instagram, thestressfreemama. And on Facebook, I have a private group for women who are trying to conceive are pregnant or going through postpartum. So it's a safe and closed forum to have great discussions. So I'd love to see you. It's an awesome Facebook group. People are very active in there. So definitely check it out um, because I know I've been in there and have seen some great conversation as well. And you have um, some free resources for moms on your website too, or um, women that are early on their motherhood journey, correct? Yes. I have a pregnancy envy guide. So it offers a couple of tools on how to release any jealousy you might be feeling when you see another woman who's pregnant or get invited to a baby shower. But I post lots of videos on my personal Facebook page, on my Facebook group. There's some blogs on my site. So, and more free resources to come when I find more moments of time and can get your help, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to it. So Um, this has been a great, great conversation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule between both of your businesses and your family. And, um, we just really appreciate it and congratulations on your studio opening. I'm so excited for you. 
Thank you. I loved connecting with you both for this past hour. It's been such a joy. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.